Small Screen, a weekly TV podcast. I'm Max Kennedy. Joining me on the other line is Denise Luca. Hello, Max, and hi, everyone. We've skipped a week. We've been off. Yes. We've had a little TV sabbatical, but <laughs> we're back. We've got two episodes of Succession to cover. And, yeah, uh, yeah a little bit of news, I guess. Um, a new show just dropped, a big new show that we've sort of spoken about previously called The Wheel of Time, <laughs> which dropped on Amazon on Friday, last Friday, uh, based yep. on the fantasy novel series by Robert Jordan, starring Rosamund Pike, uh, Australian's own Madeline Madden. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know too much about this one, Dee. I've only watched one episode. You've watched yeah. three. Is that right? I watched all three. I got completely sucked in by the fantasy aspect and how beautiful it looked. Um, and yeah, I watched all three, even though now looking back on it, it's no Game of Thrones. It's nothing that epic or that, well, I'm still trying to put my finger on it, on what it is that doesn't make it as good. When you look at it, it's just, it's visually beautiful. Mm. It does have a lot of the rings. I think it has a lot of the rings influence because you can see the creatures like those, what were they called? The Trollocs are similar yeah, to the creatures I was in. thinking the same. There's so many shots of like little kids yeah. chasing wagons, like the Shire and then like. Yes. The, you only see like the hoofs of the horses or like the the dark, tall dark figure that enters the, the inn. It was very, yeah, very reminiscent exactly. of Lord of the Rings. Exactly. It borrowed a lot of uh, of those aspects, you know, obviously because they know that it's the biggest thing and they're borrowing all the great things from that franchise. I also found, interestingly enough, the Moraine is like a Gandalf character to me. She comes into the village and she's trying to protect, you know, the dragon. And so that aspect too, which has been flipped because she's a female character, but I found that she's a very, she's very much a Gandalf for me, but I think we've spoken about this before, Max, the magic in this one is a little bit, you know, needs a bit of recharging when she's attacking. So she's, there's a scene where she's attacking the Trollocs as they're coming to the village to destroy the village and find the dragon, which is basically what's going to save this, I don't know, what do we call it? This universe from these yeah, Trollocs so and I, the, the Dark Lord. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the plot is there's like a reincarnation mm. of an ancient power that's destroyed the world previously. I think they're saying it's like 20 years ago or something, mm. which I'm like, oh, 20 years is not that long. Between drinks, <laughs> the, world, the world looks pretty good if it was destroyed 20 years ago. Yeah. But there's five kids or 20-year-olds that are meant to be the reincarnation of this. Well, there's only one of them, but in this village there's five that it could be. Mm. And then, yeah, she comes in to, to find them, to save them, to destroy them. I don't really know. I've only watched one episode, mm. but it's a little bit iffy. But, yeah. yeah, it goes like pretty balls-to-the-wall fantasy right off the get-go. Yeah, like you said, those trollics, those big sort of, I don't know what you'd call them, sort of half man, half. Uh, hog. Yeah. Yeah, hog. they look like a, a hogs. <laughs> Giant hog. yeah. But they've got that um that threat that I kept, that imminent threat that we've seen in Lord of the Rings with those creatures whose names I can't remember. But they've got that presence and it's I thought that was successful and that kind of made me want to follow and see what happens to this troop, to this group of kids. The cast overall for me at this point in episode three is kind of like is decent, but and I guess the one the standouts for me are Madeline Madden and Joshua Stradovsky, who plays Rand. I can't talk about it anymore in case there was, you know, because of spoilers yeah. with um uh, Rosamund can... Pike. Yeah. Yes. Things just, happen, so yeah. I don't know. I'll keep watching. I just it's a little bit clean for my liking. Mm. Like, doesn't the world doesn't seem lived in? It looks expensive, but it also mm. looks like yeah, they've got these actors and just sort of plop them into these huge sets Isn't, or something. Or is it yeah. Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones seemed a bit more lived in? I don't. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to put my finger on really what it is, but there'll you be aspects watching, that though. look really good. But then when she's doing all the magic and she's throwing bricks at the mm. at the Trollocs, I'm like, oh, it just looks like a like a foam brick or something. I don't know. Yep. Some of it's just it's not quite there. Yeah, it needs more uh, depth. Yeah, watch it, watch it, and we can discuss it properly next um, next time because I'll 
I'm keen for you to see what happens next and because they travel obviously and they hit different kingdoms and worlds and things. So yeah, let's leave that one for next time. (laughs) Yeah. The only other thing I will say is that I thought it was a bit weird. I like a three app drop. Like I just finished foundation, which maybe we can talk about uh, next week. I know I kind of got, it got better as it went along, but I think it could have done with maybe a three app drop. I think it was Mm. only two or something, but this one, I wouldn't say it's slow because like you get half an hour in and then there's sort of that huge battle at the end. Yeah. So I'm like, I would have preferred maybe if the first episode was all character set up with no mm-hmm. real big fantasy battle. And then maybe the second episode you have that and then you drop three of them all together so that people watch it as one and you get a little <laughs> bit more character development. Yeah, that's a good point. Before they're whisked away. Yes, I've noticed that I think they do that slowly. It's a slowly release character setup. I think mm. with each episode you get to find out a little bit about some of the characters. and so on their journey. Yes, I think that's what they're trying to do. If they do it well, I'm not sure yet because I've, from what I've seen, it's like you said, they don't really set the characters up. And then there is a lot of action and there's kind of like slow bits and then it goes really quickly through something you'd wish you'd see more of. Mm. So... Yeah, I think we will probably need to leave this one for next time, Max. And I will continue watching it, see where it goes, definitely. Yeah, I think it um, seems well-made enough. It has the right talent behind it, not to at least mm. give it a few more episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do that. Talk some Wheel of Time in the weeks to come. The Dark One is waking. But there will be one who can stand against him. One of the five of you. We should move on to the main event, uh, Succession, episode mm-hmm. five, as we mentioned, uh, retired janitors of Idaho. And mm-hmm. then uh, this week's episode as well, uh, episode six, What It Takes. Um, I guess briefly, we, t- we, yeah, so we missed last week's episode. Yeah, it kind of wasn't really, not a lot happened in that episode. So if there's one episode to miss, maybe. There wasn't a whole lot to discuss. It was basically just Kendall and the Waystar team sort of working through, working together at that annual shareholders meeting. Yeah. Uh, with, and then Logan's health rearing its ugly head again and him having sort of a full <laughs> breakdown. I, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you, Max, and say that I actually liked that episode. Oh, I like the episode. It was, it's just... Yeah. Uh, and it's I not, thought a lot did happen, right? I mean, if you look at um, what Shiv achieved in that meeting Mm. and then um, the fact that she was able to negotiate the deal with Sandy, his daughter Sandy, Mm -hmm. and um, also get to kind of like score herself a seat in the board of directors and like she did achieve a lot in that meeting, I thought, and then to kind of get that slap in the face from Logan as well for you know, in the end, because she did achieve something, but it was not good enough for daddy. Like yeah. it, it had a lot of, um, it uh, reveals a lot, I think, about the family again and and them trying to appease daddy and them not being good enough. Like I, I thought it was good like that. And yeah. I found, <laughs> Max, in this episode, the hot potato presentation. So because Logan um, apparently has contracted some UTI that <laughs> basically makes him delirious for loopy. most of this episode very loopy i've never i've i oh, thought piss i was mad seeing, what they, what they piss mad, seeing cats under his seat or something and <laughs> elaborate it was just like for a minute there i thought oh maybe it's a stroke oh no he's gonna die right now but it was something yeah um less threatening but the fact that he's supposed to present in this right and he's supposed to speak in this shareholder meeting but then you know you got frank up there um introducing everything he starts off the process and then he moves on to jerry and then carl and then back to jerry like you just there's like a hot potato kind of scenario happening where people are throwing to the next person to speak and basically fill time and i found that so awkward and hilarious i thought that was the funniest part and there's a part where jerry actually throws to to roman and she says that he's um, throwing to the um, visionary chief operating officer, like Roman, so he can say something. And you see him kind of like on camera, you know, backstage, kind of like trying to hide away. Like he's just, yeah. oh, no, she's called me now. Like I'm next. 
Who's next? It is just, yeah, it's like an episode. The episode feels like that them up on stage, like you're sort of treading water Mm. in the episode. Like big things do happen, but it is just sort of like phone calls back and forth. Like what they're doing at like backstage is sort of what they're doing on the stage as well. They're just trying to like drag both of these things out. No one wants to make a decision unless it's Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Until Shiv does eventually step up. But yeah. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous how they all just, they're so, I don't know what, how you would say, it, but they're so self involved that they mm. don't even notice that Logan is obviously just losing it, like mentally yep. deteriorating. I think I've watched <laughs> it a couple of times now. And as soon as you see it, you're like, oh, this guy's not in the right state of mind. And they just sort of, no one really, no one notices. They're just like, whatever he says is Bible. That's who starts talking about the cat and everything that they're <laughs> yeah. like really starting to worry. And I don't know if that's worry for him or worry about, you know, the business and what this means for the business and the deal they've just, you know, knocked back because they've realized, you know, he wasn't in the right mind when he said no to Sandy's original deal. And there's something that she says that is hilarious. What does she say about her dad when she's like, his urethra has wrested control of his brain? <laughs> so he can't, but no one really cares about what's happening to him until they figure out that it's like a UTI. So mm-hmm. and even then, it's like, it's okay, it's fine, you know, just get him the pills. Yeah. And what's his name? Um, Kendall's, Kendall's the same. He walks in questioning why they didn't accept the deal by Sandy and the, the team, and then he's he doesn't care that his dad, like there's something wrong with your dad, dude. Like wait, <laughs> he, he's yeah. just oblivious. I was thinking, yeah, Roman seems to be the only one that really Mm. is kind of looking out for his dad. And then he's sort of like, I think at one point, like when the dad, when they have given him sort of the the needle and he's almost passed Mm. out, he's sort of just like, call me when he's less scary. Like he's like (laughs) deeply upset about the way, like the state his dad's in. I'm like, he's passed out. That's like the least scary he can be. Exactly. Like, like it's the only time he's not screaming at people. That's but yeah, right. he is sort of yeah, visibly shaken by by the dad. And then he's like when they're talking about him making the speech, they mm. all still want to push him out there. And Roman's like, I don't think we should be pushing out there, which could be coming from like a PR like a PR standpoint. But also I think he's a little bit worried about his dad. Yeah, we've seen that from Roman in previous mm. episodes. He's the one that doesn't want to bring him down and He's on Team Logan for a reason. He, yeah, but the rest are just—they're all about the business, all about the future of uh, Waystar. It's, it's pretty sad, <laughs> but <Yeah>. it's happening. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the deal. Do you remember much about what Sandy or Team Sandy have asked of uh, the Roy's? Oh yeah, so the no private jets. <laughs> So it starts off serious, say, you know, you know, we want three board seats, uh, Mm. all cost covered, veto rights over any Roy family uh, members basically becoming CEO and no more private jets. And it's like, what? (laughs) That just went from, you know, crazy to ridiculous. It was just like, what? What did they say about that? I can't remember what they said about the no private jets. Is it about their, you know? Carbon footprint or something, an environmental. Yeah, it's, well, it was probably just uh, like a fuck you from <laughs> Sandy to Logan. But when you do look at how many episodes we're in, like at that point, five episodes in, they've probably mm. taken about five private jets. Are they it's took two to go and visit Adrian Brody? Yeah, yes. And like there and back when they could have just taken one, or like, true. if anything, and then. Yeah, the amount of private jets they take is a lot and then the carbon footprint. So it is sort of valid. It definitely, it is valid, definitely, but you'd think in this scenario that that's not that important. Like it's they're arguing about so many other things. It Mm. it is petty, basically. They could just talk about that separately. Why does it have to be part of this massive deal? So I found that really funny. Um, What did you think about the fact that Shiv actually turned the whole thing around had a woman-to-woman yeah. woman chat and basically, you know, save the company, right? Yeah. Well, oh, well, save the mm. company for them. I don't, exactly. Yeah. Is is that what's best for the company? Debatable. That is a good question. Maybe. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she kind of 
you've been, I've been waiting for that for a long time for her to just sort of step up and take full responsibility, take charge. And all mm. it really took was for her dad to be <laughs> yeah, not like around having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Like medically unwell, yeah. even though after that, it just, like, I think that's with all of them. They can't help themselves. She's done something good. Um, mm. We all like, she saved the deal really like gave them a seat, but got a seat for herself as well. So really like exactly. they cancel each other out. And mm. then she's still there with two champagne glasses at Logan's shoulder waiting for his approval, like yeah. wanting him to cheers her until he, yeah, just berates her. Yeah. And it's just it's so, so awkward. And yeah, it's very yeah. cruel. I'm like, mm. you've done it. You've done the deal. You don't need the recognition from your dad. But obviously yeah. she does and they all do. Yeah, they all do. And if you think about it, in the real world, you know, you'd even if you wanted to kind of belittle her, you you wouldn't do it in front of everyone because, A, she is your daughter and, A, she has done this, struck this deal that's saved them for now. You would hold that for another time? Like he's just belittling her in front of everyone after she's done something so good, right? Not if you're Logan, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, yeah, like, I would say that. He always seemed like she was his favourite. But mm. as time goes on, she seems to be just getting on that level playing field with Kendall and Roman. So maybe it's yeah. not even that he liked her more, he just probably spent less time with her in a professional setting or something. And now that he's around her more, he's, start, he's treating her just like he treats the rest of them. Mm. It's an ego thing, right? If anyone, no one can basically outshine him, right? Because she's doing some great work. Yeah. So if she's seen as a good leader, he's not going to appreciate that. Mm. He's not going to let go ever. Then I guess on that, mm. like in terms of having that grip over your children, I feel like we say this every episode, but Kendall, at the end of every episode, we're yeah. like, okay, well now it's final. Like the Kendall-Logan <laughs> relationship is definitely done now. And then mm. Logan just keeps finding ways to bring him back in into the fall, like keep, keep his hooks in him in some way. And yet this episode ends with him sending yeah. a text to Kendall. I think in a way of sort of being like he had no control over that deal or that shareholder meeting that whole day really. Mm. And there's one person or one thing he knows he can still manipulate, and that's Kendall. And then he just puts yeah. him in that shitty room and makes him wait and never comes. Yes, that was terrible. Yeah. So sad. It's just so, yeah, he's a manipulator. It's terrible. Mm. But then again, I don't know, Kendall deserves a bit of that <laughs> after the, uh, remember when he goes up on stage after they announced that a deal has been struck and everything's fine and then he just goes up there. He thinks he's such a rock star. Like he just, Jeremy's, you know, gets up yeah, gets up on stage. He, the way he walks out just so awkwardly. And Jeremy Strong mm. is killing it this season. Like yeah, it's sort of it's so <laughs> physical and awkward, and then the way he talks too close to the mic, mm. which I think is around time because how many people presented? It's like um, Carl, Frank, Jerry, mm. or one of the like marketing people. They've all spoken on the mic just perfectly, and then as soon as Kendall mm. gets up there, he's just like a centimeter away from the mic, and just <laughs> yeah, can't just has no like public speaking skills or anything yeah yeah he's just awkward he's it is brutal and um yeah I don't know how far he's going to get here as we're going to see in the uh, the next episode that we're going to talk about Mm. um yeah so what should we talk about Greg yeah that's probably the only other character we need to yes really talk about besides Connor just sort of weaseling his way in to Mm. Uh, yeah, put his foot in the door as he sees more and more mm. opportunities. But we can talk about that for the next episode too. Exactly. Basically being disowned. Greg. It's so bad. So he's being disowned. And what does his grandfather say that he needs to um, start taking himself more seriously, I think he says? And for that reason, like, he's like, you're out. And I'm. he's giving his inheritance to Greenpeace. <laughs> Which I mean, that's yeah. I love that. I think that's probably my favorite scene of the episode, and that's probably my favorite line because it is so ridiculous all the way through. Mm. It's like I'm giving all the money to Greenpeace. Why haven't you? This is my friend, the lawyer. Why'd you 
ignore him, all that stuff. But then his tone changes completely. He's so sort of exasperated and it's sort of the only time anyone's given any real advice to Greg or any character really. Mm. It's just like you need to take yourself seriously. It kind of cuts Mm. through all that succession, all the sort of fast-paced barbs and the the -the over-the-top dialogue. Yeah, it seemed very... I don't know if heartfelt is the right honest. word. Yeah, honest. Which yeah, it was. There's not a lot of honesty in the show. Exactly. And I agree with that because, yeah, like you said, he's always the one, the grandfather's always the one with the pompous speeches mm. and the, you know, the discussions and things that obviously Greg can't even, it doesn't understand what's going on. And then the one heartfelt, most clear thing about that was basically take yourself seriously because you've disappointed me. So, um, Yeah. Oh, I, don't, yeah, yeah, I don't even know if it's the disappointment. I found that it was a disappointment. What do you think? I think, like, the stuff before that is, like, he's obviously disappointed, but I think he's, mm. when he just says that, you need to take yourself seriously, I think it's just, you like, do it for yourself. Like, he's obviously mm. disappointed, but he's like, this kid's not going to survive. Yeah, it was almost just good life advice to sort of step above all that disappointment, family stuff, and just be like, you're going to, you need to live or like you need to do this so that you can live. Otherwise mm. you're screwed, which Drew's out. He may be yep. burnt. Well, exactly. And we'll look at that one again in the next episode because a lot comes out of that one. What Max, what do you think of the title? The Retired Janitors of Idaho. Yeah, so that's like that, that's mean, a line in the early part of the episode, right? Yes. And I think someone says it. I can't remember who mentions it, but this is the talking about the shareholders, right? And the people that they're about to <laughs> pitch themselves to. And it just shows you the regard they have for, for no one. They don't have any regard. They don't care. They're just, like, you know, they're just out there for show. They've got this, they own this, then I really need to do this. And I, I'm pretty sure that um, Logan thought he had, he thought he had this, He's, he had them and they were basically going to vote vote him back in and everything but it was like i found it very condescending oh yeah they don't they they're like a means to an end all these people Mm. they just yeah exactly to keep them in their rightful spot as heads of the company Mm -hmm. because because greg your life is not a bagatelle because you are putting yourself in the service of a monstrous endeavor because Because you need to take yourself seriously, kid. The next episode is a lot more juicy. Should we move on to that one? Yeah, definitely. I was just, yeah, the only thing I would say to end it on is just that it seemed like a bit of an mm. anticlimax. It did seem like we'd been building to this big shareholder vote. And it's, mm. yeah. And then it just sort of went away with a backroom deal. So it'll yep. be interesting. Maybe we still sort of build up to a maybe a like Logan steps down and somebody else goes in or something or well yeah the succession of it all but it did seem like a bit yeah. of an anticlimax hmm. but I don't know because wouldn't you see I mean yes I see your point about the yeah it becoming not yeah the anticlimactic but I mean are we surprised by the way they work it's all about this you know it is all it's about backroom, the backroom deals. And all the, it's all about, yeah, because they basically just shows you that Logan and the team run this place mm. and they have ways and loopholes and ways of getting around things and making things work for them, right? And I think that's what this episode did. It's We're building to this thing where which could make or break them and then, yeah, we, you know, regardless of that, <laughs> they survived. Yeah. You know, like that's why. Very true. Well, yeah. yeah. So speaking of backroom deals, uh, episode six, (laughs) which has just aired, uh, which is done Mm. on what it takes, follows Logan and the rest of Logan's team heading to Virginia for a conservative political conference, basically at the Republican Mm. Party, to pick the next president, uh, which was set into motion by the events of the previous two episodes. I think there's a really Mm. good uh, kind of screen in the background of the previous episode that just says the president's memory may be suspect 
So they yes. started oh leaking God. across all their networks that the president is having neurological issues and can't remember yes. anything, to which the president <laughs> just has decided to step down. Mm. You know, like kind of calling Logan's bluff, really. And now they yeah. need somebody else to get their foothold in so that they can manipulate America. And run the world. Run the world, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's funny, though, because it seems to be like a mutual thing. So you get all the presidential candidates coming up to each Roy mm. and trying to kind of like convince them, pitching themselves and trying to like get them on their side. And and like you said, it's also about the Roy's using the president as a tool to run, you know, yeah. to get all the what they want out of it. Right. So it's like a yeah, it's a mutual kind of benefit. But what did you think of the candidates? And the way they kind of... You get all, like, <laughs> yeah, every one of those sort of archetypes of American politics. So you're like the older um, statesman, mm-hmm. the the vice president, who's been there for a yes. long time, old white. Well, I guess they're all white for the most part. And yeah. then you have that new school, super right wing, like burn the Torah, mm-hmm. which was, was that Mencken? I think that was Mencken. Mencken, yep. And it was backed by... Uh, Roman, I think one yeah, of them. Yeah, Roman. Yes. And then Salgado, who was sort of that middle ground, maybe like mm. kind of aligned a little bit more with um, Shiv. Yeah. Uh, like not fully Democrat, not fully left, but at least open to the idea of not being a complete and total monster. And sort yep. of, yeah, towing the lines. I think if you had to pick any of them, maybe him, just for that yeah. air of maybe him being able to work with the Democratic Party and some cross-party, mm. yeah, cross-party pollination of ideas, but who knows, they're all. Exactly. And then Connor. And Connor. <laughs> Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Who's come out of nowhere and pitched himself and Logan actually entertained the idea of him running for president and I thought what I I was a bit surprised by that I thought he had the same opinion as everyone else where it's like Connor's a big joke mm. yeah and he would probably embarrass the family in a you know position like that what yeah what did you think of that yeah I didn't really know if he was just humoring him for the sake of humoring mm. him but he did sort of put him forward Yes, then, maybe it's the UTI acting up again going. or something. <laughs> the delirium continuing. I was like, geez, and even Greg isn't. Greg took a stand on that one. And I was like, that's not a great sign mm. when Greg's, <laughs> even Greg's Yeah, when not he walks out and says. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be a tragedy to the American, <laughs> to yes. America if you put in um, Connor. Very funny. But at the end, I did think that they were going to go with uh, Connor because just sort of another major point is Logan and his mm-hmm. assistant or I guess yes. executive assistant seem to have a yeah. very interesting relationship that seems to be building. Mm-hmm. They're like Roman yeah. keeps joking about them sleeping together, but there is yeah. that scene at the end where she walks around and stands behind Connor and then like there's that direct eye contact. So she's directly in Logan's eye line and they're just sort of yeah. communicating just with their eyes. But yeah. Yeah, I thought it I was her. That too. Yeah, I thought it was her kind of being like Connor. Let's go with Connor. But I guess it, through the eye line and the the communication, it was to go with Mencken, which was Mencken. Yes, interesting. He's the one that brought in the cloak, right? Because mm. he yes showed that he can be a lapdog <laughs> and he will do whatever. Yeah, basically, Logan wants right, which was interesting. Can I just say on that point with um, Logan's PA? Do you find like a lot of characters come in and out, like a lot of those, like without kind of a proper introdu- introduction or we don't really know what they're doing there and how they came to be there? Like that lady whose name escapes me. And even Carolina, I can't remember Carolina in a lot of the previous episodes, but here she is, someone's advisor, someone's. Yeah, there is a lot of, because Carol, yeah, Carolina was, and she was big in episode five, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, was it five? At the like the boardroom or the shareholders meeting. But yeah, you're right. I did think about that because she sort of has her big scene, Carolina, at the very start of the season where she's in the car and then she gets out. With Kendall. And then you don't really Mm. see her again. 
until, mm. yeah, five episodes in and now, and now she's back. And then even last episode, there was that marketing, oh no, sorry, the legal person that uh, she've kept asking for like thoughts. And she was like, oh, I, I don't see you winning this vote, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who is this yeah. character? Like I've never seen, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot before. of that. But I think it, maybe it's the mm. nature of them as like their characters and people that they are sort of these people that just come in and out of their lives that they don't give a shit yeah. about and was disposable, disposable people. people. <laughs> and so where I guess we're looking at it from their lens, their viewpoint. So they're disposable to us too. True. Like the show's not going to spend yeah. half an hour on the backstory of anyone really. Yeah. It's like Kendall's assistant as well. And that's right. You get so it's really the main mm, the main focus is the family, right? Yeah. So they're just trying to always and shows you that they're in their world, they're the center of the world, and then yeah, and everyone else in the series rotate and, around them, come in and out, and have their exactly. own lives. Because I do, mm. I am interested. Yeah, I think that's a big part of this season that's probably worth looking into is just that all the stuff that's happening off camera that we're not seeing, mm. and then that's sort of being picked up as soon as we come into it. So it's sort of like Greg signing the defence document and siding with yes. Roy, Roy Corp uh, off camera. We don't really see any of mm. that. And then even Good that point. was a scene with this episode with uh, Greg walking in to catch up with Kendall and there's uh, the girl there that, or the lady that's running the his socials and his kind of like his publicist and um, Greg's like, oh, yes. no, I didn't know that you would be here. Like they sort of had something that's happened off camera, like mm. something's been happening or it could just be the awkwardness of the watch. But yeah, whole thing's happening and then there's another thing like, yeah, well, uh, Kendall firing Lisa. I was about to say that. So they have that exchange in the beginning of the episode about how she's saying that... Um, that the papers, so the evidence lack explosiveness and he doesn't like that and he does he wants them to work harder, harder. And then, like you said, further down the episode, we hear that he's dropped her yeah, um, dropped her and picked up a new, yeah, new legal representation. I'm thinking, when did that happen? Why? She's meant to be the best. What are you doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you're right, it's happening off camera. And he's not happy with, yeah, how that that meeting with the Department of Defence went. And that's right. Yeah, I'd say when when they do have that conversation near the lips, it ends like positively. It's not like Lisa's stepping away. It's definitely mm. Kendall firing her. But it's mm. such an interesting choice to do that off camera. Yes, I would have liked to have seen that on camera actually mm. to see that exchange continue and her basically bury him. It would have been yeah. awesome. Maybe because he's acting like a little child right like picking oh, up yeah. whatever he wants like he's dealing with people's lives and with mm. big business and he's dealing like a five-year-old who's having tantrums so yeah would have been good to have her put him in his place on the way out like <laughs> and she does say well she know. says do you, I, do you think you're smarter than me and he's yeah like, she did no, say that but he definitely does i think you think you i bet that hurt him a lot that particular line probably like, yeah, went for the jugular there. He thinks he's smarter than, yeah, yeah smarter than everyone. That's right. So, yeah, that was a good point. Mm. But, yeah, so I'd be curious to kind of, now that I'm aware of it, I'm going to keep focusing on all these little things that are happening off camera and just seeing, mm. yeah, it's definitely a conscious choice by the filmmakers and the writers, whether it's just t- like they're cut for time because there are already like 50-minute episodes, do you really need to have another scene of the firing or if it's, yeah, something something more interesting that plays into the story as it progresses? I will try to do that too, mm-hmm. Max, because sometimes I think it's that I've missed a scene or yeah. I've missed some conversation, but it's not. It's like you said, a purposeful omission for some reason. So, And, like, these guys are geniuses, these writers, so they, they, they do have a purpose mm-hmm. for this. And... Um, Let's find out what it is. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. keep watching. Yeah. <laughs> We've got like three more episodes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kendall, do you think you're smarter than me? What? Do I? What? No. No. Because maybe you are, but I am a better lawyer. You acted high-handed and defensive and then oscillated to wildly over-familiar and glib. You sometimes undermined my status and didn't appear to be frank about your own involvement. 
but let's take stock, okay? I was going to um, talk about Tom and his diner chats. Yeah. He has two. Mm. And they're very key because they're very, like, also very contradictory. He has Greg, who's now scared that, you know, he's no longer earning money. He's too busy, you know, uh, suing Greenpeace. And <laughs> and then Kendall's threatened him with um, the fact that he's going to burn him because he switched sides. He's defected and doesn't sit well with Kendall. Um, and then you have the other, the other conversation that Tom has with um, Kendall at probably the same diner. Mm about the same thing about people defecting and moving in moving places. If we look at the first one with Greg, like that's, uh, that's actually a very, I found that seemed very yeah. hilarious. The fact that they're talking about the prison talk and what happens in prison and what, what does um, Greg say? He says they wipe their ass on the pillowcase, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tom responds with, I've seen the prison logs. It's like they're both so scared and obsessed with yeah. going to prison. It's just like they've just been googling. It's next, like constantly. Yes, I think it's also so funny that he has like that big conversation with Shiv, and Shiv's just like has given yes. him nothing, and is just so mm. yeah. She's over the whole discussion, and then it cuts to him yep. with Greg. It's like uh, it's such a weird friendship. It's almost sort of like he hates. Well, I don't know if he hates Greg, but like he berates Greg constantly. <laughs> but now they have just formed this weird. Bond where it's like Greg is his confident. He can sort of talk to yeah. Greg about anything. Very funny. Exactly. And Max, it feels like Tom is like, it feels like Greg is Tom's outlet for what he's going through. So he's being bullied and shoved and even Shiv doesn't like respect him anymore, doesn't really care, I think. And I think if I kind of realised that their relationship is basically him having someone beneath him to tear down. That's what Greg used to Tom. But in this diner scene, when Greg says, he basically asks him to take the fall for anything further that comes back to Greg, I feel Tom actually agrees. He, he just resigns to the fact that, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll take the fall for that. I mean, they're, they're already calling him the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I was like, why are they calling him the Christmas tree? And then I think, who explained it? Was it Greg that explained it? Because they get to hang all yeah, that the like shit on him. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. The nicknames. It's been a great season for nicknames. Yes. Great nicknames. Even the, um, what do they call one of the candidates? The the wettest lips yeah. in North America. Yeah. <laughs> and the secret vegetarian. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was great. And what about the last president? His, uh, his nickname uh, the was, well, the, the one that, yeah, the raisin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, he could hear that, be mortified. But, um, yeah, I found that interesting that Tom was ready to take the fall again for Greg, right? If, um, unless I'm misunderstanding the whole scene, that's how I kind of saw it, of him saying, yep, sure, yep, I'll take your, you know, your faults as well. Yeah, I, that's what yeah, I, I, which I he's thought just, was interesting. He's just given up. Like there's yeah, some of that right? meeting where they come in and they've, they get like a bit of an update and they're back in Logan's hotel room. <laughs> just saying mm. that, uh, like, the DOJ's case isn't as strong as everyone was thinking and no one will have to do jail time except for Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom's just yes. sort of like, yeah, whatever. Like, no. <laughs> um, he's sort of just fully accepted it, which is yeah, very sad. I, feel, I kind of, I'm starting to feel bad for Tom now because, mm. I'm, I'm, and I'm thinking, is, is he still doing this because he's in love with Shiv or because... He wants to prove himself to Logan or because, like you said, ah, stuff it, he's just given up now. Like he's just going to go with it because he's put his foot in it so he can, I don't know, what do you think? Surely he's still not. Is he in love with her? What do you reckon? Uh, I don't think so. She's so mean to him. I don't know. There's surreal cracks. But then he, yeah, I I think he is. there's love in there somewhere because he still, he doesn't give them up. He doesn't give Logan up when they have that, when he has That's that true. meeting with Kendall. Mm-hmm. So there's still something there. I don't know if it's love or loyalty, but. No, I would like to find out what that still is. Still on the Roy side. I hope that comes out. Mm. Yeah, definitely on the Roy side because that's a nice segue to the next diner chat with um, Kendall. Yeah. Who tries to get him back on his side again. Um, and he's saying that he might be able to get him immunity if he joins Team Kendall. Mm. 
And then he says something awesome, but I can't remember the entire line, something about, and I'm going to swear here, I'm so sorry, everyone, that he's um, he's seen Kendall. So Tom says he's seen Kendall get fucked at every opportunity all the time, mm. but he's never seen Logan get fucked once. So mic drop. Mm. He's on the strong side, right? Like he's never yeah. going to back someone like Kendall, which is. That's like sums up the whole series the whole season mm. it's just yeah that was the best line of the episode i think just yeah yeah i've been around for a while you're going you're going to get fucked yeah, because exactly. he always does and i think in the back of his mind he probably knows he's going to get fucked mm-hmm. maybe in the first couple of seasons season one it wasn't really any of his doing mm-hmm. like his dad wasn't letting him free wasn't letting him off the leash to succeed yeah but yeah, this time he's just sort of, he's going rogue. He's bringing it all upon himself, like going up on stage at the shareholders meeting, <laughs> firing the best lawyer in America, all that kind of stuff. He's yeah. just, they're like unforced errors on his own. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's starting to bring his own downfall now, again. Again? No, definitely. Yeah, mm, yeah, again. Yeah. I mean, that's his, that's his track record, right? Yeah. He can't help himself from <laughs> getting something beautiful and then stuffing it up. And, it, yeah, it just makes you think what will happen after that because if his case is weakening, he can't get anyone on his side, mm. that it's going to end with his downfall, I guess. This season will end with him going down again. Because if we, if you remember Max, he's got, like, his dad's got something on him that's super, super, I think we've discussed this before, super incriminating with what he did to the waiter and, you know, like... That case is pretty, it's a pretty big thing to keep, right? To have as your, one of your. That's, yeah. If <laughs> I could see, if that's the way they're going with it, that would be pretty huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. That would be a bombshell. Because my one mm-hmm. sort of, not criticism, I mentioned it before with the treading water of the last episode, but it does yep. feel like we're sort of, we're getting back into success, like this succession merry-go-round again, which like mm-hmm. it's an amazing show. Like, I love it. Yeah. But it depends, and maybe that's just what the show is. No matter how like how much happens, we're still always just going to be in that succession merry-go-round of who's going to be the next CEO. And it just keeps going round and round without anyone ever really taking a position. Mm-hmm which is fine. It's very entertaining. But I feel like after three seasons, and you've probably mentioned this too, that you kind of want to see Mm. someone succeed. And so to get that or to see someone succeed or to see something just really shake the foundation of the the series, which was this big, um, the boat scandal and the the sexual assaults, all of that, that was like the season two bombshell. But it seems like now we've almost gone back into the routine of it all. Not, mm. not much came out of the shareholders meeting. Now they're sort of back to back to just doing what they do, like rigging, yeah. influencing political elections or like all that mm. Department of Justice stuff is in the back, the rearview mirror. But, mm. yeah, if this season was to finish with Logan coming out and throwing Kendall well and truly under the bus, I think that would be a huge, yeah, bombshell. And I think really unexpected too. Mm. And there's also another layer to that. And I guess maybe that's why Logan's doing and maybe keeping away from bringing that out. I don't think it's because he cares about Kendall as a son, but maybe by kind of spilling the beans about Kendall's past, he might be incriminating himself, right? Because he took part in hiding what his son had done and, protecting him right so I don't know maybe there's that so that might not happen that might not be the big cliffhanger because he's also he's going to stuff himself up as well right Mm. yeah you're right there's sort of no way of him Mm. push it pulling that out there without yeah without it incriminating himself although he's a pretty conniving guy like maybe (laughs) good point maybe there's a way of sort of yeah when he cleaned cleaned out the body or got rid of the body Mm. sort of mm. did it in a way that 
still leaves a few crumbs leading to Kendall, but he's totally, totally mm. off the books. There's going to be a bombshell, Max. There's going to be a bombshell. I don't know what that is. I'm still waiting to see Alexander Skarsgård in this uh-huh. and his role. Uh-huh. Waiting to see what's going on there and if he's going to throw another spanner that's going to cause some, you know, something else to happen. I want to see Dr. Honk, the movie that Roman produced, the doctor who could talk to cars. That sounds great. Yeah, it did say. I was like, what's that about? <laughs> so, yeah. That sounds like the sequel to Titan. Yes. Oh my God. So horrific. Um, that's pretty bad. Oh, Max, we forgot to mention the big news that came out of this episode that I thought was hilarious because it just shows how detached and weird this family is where Roman finds out that his mum's getting married oh, yeah. and starts to tell, starts to tell Shiv and Kendall, you know, like, did you know mum's getting married? And it's like, no one knows where the mum's at, what what she's going through, like that they're just also oblivious. No one cares. Besides exactly. Roman, which again, like yeah. mummy issues. Yeah, big time. Yes, like crazy. <laughs> uh I think I yeah. yeah, I didn't mention in the last episode, but there's that scene where Jerry's on stage making the speech and mm-hmm. Roman sort of like walks past the TV. Yeah. Roman walks past the TV and sort of looks and has this look of pride on his face and I'm like oh, right. oh god and then yeah now this episode he just sort of has like a mini meltdown about his mom his getting mom. married and yeah it's all it's not subtle because even she was like oh Roman can't won't be able to have sex yeah. with mom or whatever he says, whatever she says. <laughs> yeah so Shiv Shiv knows Shiv calls him on that whole complex but yes yeah constantly mm. Did you notice by any chance that, did you ever watch Perfect Strangers when you were young? Perhaps uh, you were too young no, for Perfect Strangers? Valky? No. no. <laughs> I realised Larry from Perfect Strangers was um, was in there when um, his real name is Mark Lynn Baker and he was, I'm not, I'm not sure what he was to Connor or if he's, <laughs> he's collecting some kind of like, you know, like a cabinet or something or some kind of like presidential posse, but he was one of them and he was introducing um, him to yeah, his all his friends. And I was like, oh, that's Larry for Perfect Strangers. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you've been watching TV for too long. Oh, well, that, recognize all these people. that room was full of uh, <laughs> so many guest stars, but not, yes. not like your Adrian Brody guest stars, just sort of like, yeah, like a cool list of TV's featured players mm. who's who like character actors thought it was really cool yes um yes yeah trying to like come on couldn't even like pick up all of their names off the top of my head but there's a lot of yeah interesting character work in there come on man but ha- and i don't mean to be insulting but having been around a bit my hunch is that you're going to get fucked because I've seen you get fucked a lot, and I've never seen Logan get fucked once. All right, cool. Well, Dee, before we go, maybe we go back to something we did in the early episodes. Uh, I don't think we've done it for a few weeks, but the Mm -hmm. CEO watch and who we think's going to take out the belt and secede as the uh, new CEO of Waystar Royco. Do you have Mm -hmm. any, yeah, has it changed your mind at all after these last two episodes? Yeah, look, um, a lot has happened and there's been a lot of interesting chess moves, but I think after the bloodbath (laughs) in the last episode, because I predict a bloodbath, (laughs) I think Shiv's going to make it. I think Shiv will be up there. She's shown in the last episode that she can negotiate and she's driven and even though her daddy doesn't give her much approval, I think she's she's there. She's almost turned into the next dark Lord. So <laughs> I mm. think she's going to be the one. Yeah. Max, you? Yeah. She's like, she, each episode is more and more corrupted as I, as we've mm. said previously. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's whoever, who decides really, is it Logan that just puts a person in and that's it? Well, I guess it is because mm. he put in Jerry. Yep. But I could see he's like he's warming a lot more to Roman. Yep. 
and he already was pretty warm on Roman. Like there were, Roman had been floated more and more and now Roman's cozying up to Logan a lot more. And mm. So I could see, I don't know if I want to flip. Yeah, maybe I'll just go out and say Roman. I think Roman's right. sort of taking, a, I don't think he would be a better CEO than Shiv, but I think he's sort of pulling ahead in ways mm. that, I think Shiv is doing a really good job. Or not a really good yep. job, but she has sort of like these She's, moments. Yes. Like Connor victories. says, three, get me in there, give me three, <laughs> three, three, yeah, three achievements and get me out. Yeah. She definitely has a couple of achievements to, to go mm. off. But for each achievement, while mm. it looks good on paper to Logan, it doesn't look, he hasn't been happy with any of them. Yeah. And if anything, it seems to have like, yeah pushed him the other way i think in this episode he's like give can we get shiva medal he's just sort yes. of, the more she panders to him for his approval the more the less yeah mm. further away she gets from the ceo position in my opinion yeah maybe she'll learn though from that i mean she's suffered through it enough that kind of trying to please him and maybe she'll step into her own and just go whether you approve or not this is who I am and I'm going to take over and maybe that's her journey right yeah I don't know <laughs> like that seems, it's pretty, be... seems pretty positive for succession yeah it's it doesn't, doesn't seem like succession storyline <laughs> it's <laughs> another show yeah yeah that's mm. like a that's an ABC 20, 22 <laughs> episode <laughs> yeah. network series but no you're right yeah but I would say she like got berated two episodes ago for trying to go in there and get that deal done. You'd think she'd sort of like not learn, but step back from that, but she still keeps going on the offensive and keeps getting mm. torn down. So yeah, it could go either, either way. She might just be like completely against Logan by the end of it. Yep. And she could join team Kendall. No. Oh, well, maybe, you don't know, because you know how they keep on talking mm. about you, you're like me, I'm like you, you know, yeah. that, that kind of like discussion. Who knows? After she gets jaded too many times, you know, who knows? She might turn. Well, Kendall needs something because he's really. Yeah, he's. He's slipping. Yeah, he's not spiraling. even a CEO radar. Mm. No, he's not. He needs to um step up. Come on, Kendall, do your thing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good spot to end it. We'll see in the coming weeks if our predictions are correct. Yes. Or if what do we win, Max? What happens if you <laughs> win or if I win? Validation <laughs> from each other, from the listeners. Yeah. Awesome. But we'll see. There might not even be a CEO. That's that's actually probably my big prediction. At the wow. End. Well, what do you think will happen? I don't know. The show has to, if we're getting a few more seasons, mm. it kind of has to keep dragging it out, right? Yes. But you're thinking then, there won't be a CEO from the Roy family or a CEO at uh, all? Not this season. Right. That's a good point, though. Yeah, you might get a CEO, someone else, maybe outside mm. the Roy family, yeah. and then it's them trying to get back in. That's an interesting plot point. I could I mm. can see that. Could go anywhere, Max. It definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out next week. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.